The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. And we're glad you're with us as we look into God's word together and hope this is an encouragement as we have been going through the life of Christ and uh, through Matthew's gospel. A quick, quick reminder, you know, this has been asked several times, the gospels, why are sometimes there's different perspective? Why does it seem like they contradict each other? It does not. It's no different. There's four different men writing it with four different perspectives is what they saw. So you get a greater view of what's taking place and it's just one of the great aspects of God's sovereignty, allowing the free will of man and then the uniqueness of the gifts and the, I, the visions of what these people saw from their perspective and their gifts in writing. So we see that in the book of Matthew, he is taking a lot of time in what we've called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus comes out and he speaks really uh, a counterculture message. He's speaking. The culture says this, what is our response? And really speaking of what we call the kingdom message. Now, ultimately, we see this thing known as the kingdom of God. That is or the, the long-term kingdom. That is something physical. That is when Jesus rule, rules on the throne, um, the prophecies at the end, we all live, all live in the physical kingdom. So a lot of the references to the kingdom are future. Uh, when we look at this and we speak of kingdom, uh, we look more at what we call a spiritual kingdom, that God is still our king, even though technically in this earth, Jesus is the prince and the power of the air. Uh, so the physical kingdom is yet to come, but this spiritual kingdom that we're encouraged to live by, um, some call the church, whatever term, really, it's today God has given us instructions on how we should live in preparation for the coming kingdom. What's that look like today? Uh, it does remind us that we have a different citizenship. We're not just citizens of this earth, we're citizens of heaven. And frankly, we're citizens of heaven first. And so we're going to look at this and evaluate as we look at some of this kingdom idea. He is talking about what the kingdom should look like, but he's referencing now. Uh, and this passage is an exact example of this, a reference of what he wants us to be living as kingdom citizens, but the idea of what does that look like now when we're not in the physical kingdom yet. So verse 13, he says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its fi- flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown down, thrown out and trampled under foot of men. So we will start off with, he gives two figurative illustrations that would have, been, would have made a lot of sense in those days. Today, this first one is not, uh, for the average person, it doesn't mean as much. For me, when I go buy meat, or my family, my wife goes buy meat, we bring it home to keep it, Chris, to keep it from spoiling, we put it in the refrigerator. Uh, it keeps it cool, and that keeps it, you know, it seasons it. It keeps it fresh. Well, they didn't have refrigerators back in the Bible days, and so they used salt. They'd coat it in salt, and that would save it. It would keep it from spoiling until which time they would eat the meat. And so his point was, if the salt loses its flavor, if it loses its effectiveness, then it's pointless. And so this point, salt was unique. It was very specific to the savoring, to the protection of this meat. But if it had lost its uniqueness, if it lost its purpose, uh, it's no different than dirt. So you just take that salt and throw it to the ground and walk on it because it's no different than the dirt that you walk on. It's no different than the rest of the world. So there's a uniqueness in salt. There was a purpose in salt. And God says, I've placed you on this earth with a uniqueness, your own personal gift, but you as a Christian, you as a Bible, a Bible believer, a Jesus follower, a disciple, you are to be unique. You are here to bring 
this savor, this, the, you are to savor the earth. You are the ones that protects the world from going even more sour, from, it, from it falling apart. Now, it's simply point is, if we, it's simple practical point, is if we have lost our effectiveness on this earth, the earth will just keep going down. Now, the argument comes, and it's not invalid, the argument comes down, well, the closer we get to Jesus' return, the worse the world's going to get. Paul told Timothy, in the end times, perilous times shall come. There's a whole list of things that are pretty much true in today's culture. So therefore, we just have to embrace it. It's, we're no longer effective. Can I encourage you that while it's true that America and the world will get worse and get, it'll get it'll struggle, it'll be the greater struggle as we get closer to God, to Christ's return, it doesn't mean that we should not be effective where we are hiding in the corner, refusing to be the Christian that God desires us to be is not the answer. We have a uniqueness, a saver ability to where we can still be effective in our community. We can still be effective in our churches, in our homes. Let's just put it this way. If nothing else, our homes should be different than the world. If nothing else, our marriages should be different than the world. Our lifestyles, our, our priorities when it comes to church and finances should be different. How we treat each other should be different. There should be uniqueness in that. So he says on verse 14, ye are the light of the world. The second description, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither neither do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Uh, He says in the second one, a description of the light, same general idea. Now there's a savoring aspect of the salt. This one's a directive. This one's a clarity. We're the light. And if you you are the light of the world, here's what, what gives light. Light, light shows off truth. It helps us to see the reality of what's really going on. It helps us to see the difference between truth and a lie. It helps us to recognize we're going the wrong direction, going the right direction. It helps us to see dangers that are around us. If you're going to walk around in a dark, damp area, you want a light. Are there creatures? Are there critters? Are there other animals? Are there things that could be there that want you know that could hurt you? You're going to want light. It exposes those things, and that's exactly what God says. Jesus told us here: we are to be a light. It helps us people see the truth. It helps people to see. Unfortunately where the lies are, helps them to see God's design. And so he says, we are the light. Now, he says, well, it's getting so dark, it's getting harder. Well, that argument's weak because the darker the world gets, the lighter, the brighter our light gets. In fact, you don't need thousands of people in one area to show forth a bright light in such a dark area. One or two people can make a huge impact when it's darker. I find it intriguing. When we moved to California, several people say, why? You know, they talk about the politics and everything. And there's a lot of pastors that I'm familiar with that are moving to parts of the world that people are saying we should get out due to some of the laws. Here's the point. Why can't we go in and be an influence? It's a mission field, things of that nature. And that's kind of the thinking that we need to have. How can we be influential? The simple point is we are unique. We've been given this opportunity and we're here as as Esther was told for such a time as this. You're not a mistake where you live and when you live, the time you live, and the circumstances and the culture that it's around, we are here for this purpose. How can we be effective? How can we be Christ's ambassador in this time? How can we influence that? He says in verse 16, now that we know these things about light, he says, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Don't hide it. Don't say like, well, I don't really want want them to know. Let it shine. Now, how how does that work? Obviously, um, in our everyday living, we should be unique. We should, you know, our family should be unique. Frankly, you get up and go to church, your neighbor's like, what's wrong with them? That's okay. It's an example. 
Uh, you're out serving. You're out doing things. What you're, you're, you know, there's certain things you don't do. What, what, what are you, crazy? Are you weird? That's sometimes what the world's going to say. Uh, positions we stand on, what we teach our children. This is part of it. And then we're out loving the world. We're out treating them differently than the world. In a world where if you don't agree with me, you have to hate me. That's where the world is today. You know, if we don't agree, we have to hate each other. We can show that that's not the case. But you know, it's interesting. Really, when it's not just, okay, people are going to come to Jesus just because they watch me. There's some truth to that to an extent. Some people call that lifestyle evangelism. And while what you do impacts your witness, please understand that that's not it alone. Now, I will say if you're going to witness to friends and neighbors and then you live a lifestyle anti-God, it, it defeats it. So we do want to live a life and a testimony that pleases God and points people to God so that when we witness to them, they see what we're talking about. They've seen it in our life. But when we're simply the idea is as we speak, as we speak the truth, as we tell people about Jesus, and then they look to us, they see our good works, they see our life, and they glorify our Father. A good work is anything that encourages others and glorifies God. It's not about me. It's not about how good I am or how good a Christian I am. It's not even about my lack of sin. As a matter of fact, sometimes embracing my failures and teaching and helping to grow through it is what's needed because we all do fail. It's this growth, it's this constant growth, and we are living this lifestyle that honors God and points people to Jesus in our works, how we love our neighbors, how we take care of our community, how we invest into those things. That's how we show our light. This is how I think in, those, in the days when people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who lived in captivity, but yet had such an influence, such an impact on the government, such an impact on those things. And it wasn't that they fought the politics. And don't get me wrong, we should be engaged in politics, we should do our part. But the answer to today's problems are not going to be found in politics. They're going to be found in us as Christians witnessing and, and, and being that light in this world, that's where the change will take place. And I think that until Jesus comes, that's always an opportunity that we can do that. May that be our desire to be the most impactful we can be in what we have. So whatever gift you've been given, whatever opportunity you've been given, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, flourish there, grow there, take advantage of that, honor God there, and see how God may use you to be that light wherever you are, in your church, in your home, at work, in your community, May we do our best to honor God and let him shine through us and be that savoring part where we are. Thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday as we continue our study uh, through the Sermon on the Mount. I hope you will be encouraged. I hope you stick with us as we continue to walk through this and what does Jesus have for us that was so important then it is still relevant today. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.